Hello everybody, it's me Roscoe and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social and we're live once again on all platforms as the Cowboy Army share thoughts on all things town. If you're listening tomorrow, whenever you are, we go live every Thursday night, half seven, and I'm joined by two fine gentlemen in K-Dog and Bloomers as we discuss all things town. It's been a bit of a, a quite a week as it stands. Um, Kyle Edwards, of course, departing. Uh, that's really much it, really. There's the FA Cup draw, obviously. Uh, but nothing really like last week. Of course, there was two sexy signings. Um, but as it stands, there's no signings just yet. But you never know. Anything out of nowhere. Kirame Kanamego, boom, here's your striker. That's what you want. But uh, anyway, uh, get involved in the comments, as always. Thanks, everyone, who joined last week. And um, Tommy Lee, evening up the town. Tom, another Tom. Even gents. Of course, Bloomers, you're Tom as well. But there's so many Toms in our... Kings of Anglia posse chat. Uh, we decided to just call you Bloomers. Anyway, let's bring the boys in. Uh, Bloomers is currently eating his dinner, so enjoy the rest of that. K-Dog, bring you in, my friend. The Welshman, my friend. How are, you, how are things? Hey, good evening, Ross. Good evening, everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, yeah, a bit of a quiet week, isn't it? Um, this week, a bit sad to see uh, Kyle Edwards go. We'll get onto that in a minute. Um, yeah, glad to be here. Hello to everyone watching. And hello to Sam Jolly. Uh, treating in a shout out to the Southwest Group, big man there. Uh, yeah, glad to be here, Ross. And hope you're doing well. Yes, mate, I'm doing really well. I'm gonna do this, this typical British thing. It's bloody cold. It is bloody cold. And uh, we've got Steve Catchpole from from Cyprus. I don't know what is weather probably. Oh yeah, you know much. Oh about? yeah, oh yeah. That'll be nicer than what it is right now. We're in the middle of a cold snap. Yes. Even in London, I've been playing football back to about the last two nights in, I think, about minus three real field temperatures. So it's nice to have an evening indoors in the warm for once. Yeah, and we're talking about football. Yeah, I played football last night. It weren't too cold. There was a few times when the ball hit you. You're like, oh, that hurt a little bit. That hurts a little bit. Uh, but Bloomers, mate, how are you? Um, all good? Yes, you? really good. And you'll be pleased to know I've now finished my dinner. So don't worry, Ross. We uh, we were flying a bit too close to the sun with cooking times. But uh, I'm here and I'm ready. I've got my alcohol-free Guinness next to me with uh, regards to dry January, and let's talk some Ipswich Town. You say there's not a lot that's happened in a week, but, I mean, there's still been a fair bit to get through, so let's crack on. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I'm just saying, I think last week, because we had two sexy signings, uh, and that is as uh, busy as you can get. Uh, and I'm going to bring in the first question, um, of course, and the, the first little, little chat for us to have. And uh, today, Carl Edwards, um, of course, got recalled, and then now he's uh, the part of the club, Mutual Consent FC, Kyle Edwards joins, and um, Kieran, K-Dog, thoughts on that one? I don't know if it's a big surprise or not. Broke my heart when I got the message. You got a message from you this morning saying, I'm going to add this to the, uh, the running order tonight. I said, I'll try not to cry. Um, it's a shame. It's sad to see lose such a character, um, but ultimately not surprising. Um, you loaned him out. He was having a good spell at Oxford. He was on the fringes of the League One squad and didn't really play that much towards the end of the season. Um, so then, obviously, he was sent straight out on loan to League One, having a good, by all accounts, before he got injured, having a good spell at Oxford. Seemed to be enjoying it there, seems to be settled there. Um, see, this week gets recalled. Uh, we all suspect that's more to do with his injury than anything else. And then, yeah, the, the, the rather sad news that we've uh, parted. Ways, um, I say his contract was up in the summer anyway. Um, just wishing him all the best. I suspect that uh, 
you'll go back to Oxford or another League One club. Um, but he was never really going to feature in the championship setup with us, even as a fringe player. I don't think he would, even if he hadn't got out, he wouldn't have made the bench at the moment, especially as now we've got so many uh, players that have come in on, I can't play, I say so many, but two have come in on loan, uh, similar to him and his position in uh, Jezza and Amari. So, yeah, yeah, What's your what's your thoughts on this then, my friends? Um, obviously, got you know loaned out in the summer. Uh, was part of the you know very much of a squad player, but part of that promotion winning side. Um, but yeah, Colin Edwards leaves after two years at town. Yeah, I think um, Kieran's pretty much hit the nail on the head. Really, like he seems by all accounts to be a, a lovely bloke um, and someone that's done wonders for the for the squad morale in in the behind the scenes aspect of it. Um, on the pitch, we probably didn't see his his potential uh, for whatever reason, you know, injuries and, and everything else coming in and out the side, dips in form. But I don't think that, uh, you know, I, we're all sad that he's going because he seems to be a nice guy, but I don't think anyone's going to be shedding a tear for the on-the-field aspect. Um, Steve, so if you're not seeing, if you're re- listening to this rather and, and not reading this, what was that comment that just came up there? Uh, so Steve Catchpole says, Carl has a lovely smile and brought on when he did good, unfortunately not often enough. I'm not sure if he's saying he didn't do good enough when he was on or he wasn't brought on enough. I'm not sure how to interpret yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I think maybe brought on, yeah, because there's a few times, obviously, you know, he caused that goal against Cambridge. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about different moments. <laughs> and, um, obviously he was one two against Cambridge that night. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah so this is it. Like, he made 60-something appearances, scored three goals and, and in across two games. So two goals in one game and one goal in another game. Like, you know... Yes, he's not going to be a 25 goal a season person, but like that's not standout numbers, is it, really, in any way, shape or form? Um, he he was on the fringes of a League One squad. So, you know, I know the likes of Caden Jackson have, have played themselves into the squad where it looked for all intents and purposes they were, you know, somewhere else or going to be somewhere else. But it, it's rare to see a, a, someone jump from the fringes of a League One squad, excuse me, to the, you know, starting 11 of a championship side. So good for him that he got a little bit of form under his belt at Oxford. Hopefully he, uh, you know, goes to another League One club of that stature. I can I can see that happening. Maybe Oxford want him back if he's fit. I don't know anything about Oxford's transfer policy, so that's just a a dart I'm throwing there. But I think I think that's where he's going to go. To be honest, you just, yeah. you just you know, it's just guaranteed after because he did a not a bad little spell there. Of course, got the injuries, been out with that hamstring injury since I think October or something like that. Um, but yeah, he's since. You know, you just, you just knew it was going to happen, really. And I was just quickly looking at his stats, actually. Um, 14 starts in total um, in the amount of games, which doesn't, it's not many starts, really. I think 36 times they have to come off the bench in the league. So, you know, that's being a, being a sub. You can only do as much as you can when you come off. And, yeah. No, I understand that. I mean, still, three goals in, you know, 40-something sub-appearances. If you're an attack, again, he's not a striker, but if you're going to be an attacking player you're probably going to get more than that, you know, if you're if you're really knocking on the door to get in the squad or, you know, you're an impact sub, like, you know, Ladapo, again, I know he's a striker, but like, you know, you see the impact when he comes on and and Carlo was never really showed that. That goal against Cambridge, fantastic, as Nikolai just put on the comment here. Sad to see Carl go. Great memories from last season, especially that goal against Cambridge and a celebration dance after the exit game. Yeah, those are two very good memories to leave. If you're going to leave a club and you're, you've been a bit part player, you know, there's plenty of uh, bit part players that haven't had two mo- moments that stick out like that. 
that, that Carl Edwards has had. The uh, I was right in line for the uh, Cambridge guy actually because I was sitting in the lower north stand or standing in the lower north stand, and it, and it came to the far post, and I'm just behind that post. And yeah, see the exit again was just almost like a fever dream uh, from from what we all experienced from that. And he was at the forefront of those celebrations, which again shows what a good guy he must have been behind the scenes for him basically leading the promotion celebrations with all the players, you know, despite the fact that he wasn't in the starting 11. So good on him, you know, uh, but yeah, it's pastures new and there'll be someone new through the door next week. And, and I don't think many people will be talking about Carl Edwards when the new signing comes in and that's no discredit to him because, you know, he's a good part of a, it'd be a good pub quiz question for when people have got to name the 2022, 2023 League One promotion winning squad. Uh, I reckon it'll be one of those harder. If it was on pointless, it'd be like a 10 to 12, I reckon, if you're asking 100 Ipswich fans. Yeah, definitely. That'd be interesting. Uh, Kate Dog, then uh, final memories, one of the thoughts, you know, he just it was just a character, wasn't he? And obviously, uh, you move on, there's there's a next character that'll come into the squad and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that's it. I think that's what most people remember him for. So you remember, we, um, it, in KOA, we remember him for costing Heathy millions of pounds with that that fantastic free kick. He'd been on the pitch for about two minutes against Accrington, which was like the 12th goal or whatever it was in that little period um, that set the Hutchman up before he left for a pastures new. Um, I think what most people remember of Carl Edwards is him off the pitch, him as a character. And something that was discussed in the main pod, what, months and months ago, is what makes a cult hero. Um, I would say Carl Edwards was a cult hero. Um so Sandra used to say Carl's a positive memories. Which is a very good point. You know, you say he's um he's left, everyone's gonna think fondly of him, everyone loves him. I don't think anyone thinks anything bad about him. You know, he's what well, I also think of him, he was he was silky, he had skills, he could do his step overs, he could be a, which was nice at that level, but it was never really much came with it. You see, as Bloomer said, three goals in sixty games. I can't even remember him putting together a, a any great number of assists either. You know, from that position, and you look at what other players have done in the in the positions that he plays in, the numbers that they can put up. A different class of player, obviously, in terms of Broadhead and Burns, but that's what an Amari now. But Amari's shown what you can come in and do and playing like that in that position. So, yeah, it's sad to see him go. Um, things that stand out for me, especially on social media, is the Eduardo Gala for his birthday last year. All the um, the glitz and the glam it just showed you what kind of person he was, how infectious, how happy he was. Promotion, I say, after the Exeter, the promotion dance, the the party he threw. Um, but it, it's probably best for him to move on and find regular football. He's not a kid anymore in football in terms. You know, a player like him, he's got the ability to and the, the to play very well in the right setup at the right level at, at League One level with the right team. And I think it's only fair to him that. Um, we uh, we allow him to go and do that, and um, which is obviously what's happened. Um, and obviously, for, and I'm saying we could have left, we could have rehabbed him and sent him on his way, but football's a business, and it ultimately gets him off the wage bill, albeit probably paid him off. I don't know how it quite works with mutual consent, but yeah, unfortunately, it's uh, he can go off and be free to go wherever he wants, and hopefully, we'll be seeing him back and playing too. I'm sure, much like uh, we do, we, we follow Greg Lee with a lot of love and affection. When he's doing well, I think many of the fans will do will follow him on social media and show him the same sort of love and affection as he goes forward. Indeed. Well, uh, yeah, we all wish Colin Wills the best and we'll see where he ends up. And um, we'll move on then, boys, um, to the FA Cup draw. 
which um, all of us were looking forward to potentially a, a big away day somewhere, maybe hosting a, a big team at Portman Road. Uh, we are at Portman Road and it's going to be against the lowest ranked team left in the competition, Mainstone United, uh, which has now been picked for BBC live coverage. Uh, 12.30 kickoff uh, on BBC One. Bloomers, your thoughts on this one, my friend? It's the perfect draw and I'm delighted. Um, let's break it down. Like, If we're going to get to where we want to be, which is the Premier League, we'll be playing Premier League teams home and away all next season. So if you're disappointed that we haven't drawn against uh, you know, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, then yeah, I can understand it a little bit. But if you look at the bigger picture, a one-off game, you know, will it bring some money into the club? Yes. Is that a massive need right now? I'd say probably not. Um, if you're not going to have that, what what do you want then? You want to progress, right? We all want to progress as far as we can in the cup. So if you don't want to get a big a big six side, you want to get the perceived weakest team in the draw. And again, no disrespect to Maidstone because they've made it here on merit, but they are statistically the lowest ranked side in the cup. So anyone who's disappointed, I'm not really sure what they're getting at. It's it's fantastic. It should be a good atmosphere. I imagine they'll take a few thousand down. Um, that's what it seems like it's trending towards on Twitter. Their manager, George Elokobi, if you're an old fossil like me, and that's no disrespect to the old, real old fossils that are listening to this, because I just feel old. But I remember George Elokobi playing in the uh, 2000s, I believe, for Wolves, most famously of all. He's their manager right now. And he said some really nice complimentary things about us and understood what challenge it'd be for them. I just think it's the, the perfect draw. Uh, other than the 12.30 kickoff time, I'd rather it have been three o'clock for personal reasons, but... Yeah, it, it should be good. It's going to be, a, I imagine, a similar kind of squad to the Wimbledon game. In fact, that I can see the 11 from Wimbledon starting again, to be perfectly honest, if, I, if there's no other injuries that have happened. So, yeah, you'd expect them to get the job done as well. If you look at the betting websites like I do on a minute-by-minute -minute basis, we are the most likely team to win our FA Cup fourth-round game. So that probably sums it up. So, yeah, bring it on. Uh, looking forward to it. Indeed. We'll get a replay now, won't we? We've got a mainstone. That's all that happened now. <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah, another ground to tick off. Yeah, definitely. We'll have a good little away trip. Um, yeah, K-Dog, your thoughts on this one? National League south side. Um, Mick McCarthy was pictured with uh, with George in their game. They they beat Stevenage 1-0. But yeah, um, you know, old, old uh, good old Mick McCarthy. Um, he was there. Obviously, he was his manager at Wolves. Uh, maybe that's why he was just there supporting his, his um, former player. But um, yeah. Thoughts on this one? You know, a potential easy draw to get to the next round. Well, that's it. Um, I basically just completely agree with Bloomers. It's it's possibly the best draw we could have got. Um, I, I again, I don't understand these people are complaining about it. Um, there are lots of people who seem to be upset for for Maidstone on Maidstone's behalf on social media that we're not big enough in terms of what they should have got, but. I, um, I've seen a handful of their fans commenting on that. Are they what we they should have got a big six side. I mean, let's be honest, we're not a small club, and they're going to something. That what I've seen is I think like one hundred and ten thousand pounds per club in TV money for now being on BBC One. Um, seen a couple of comments from their fans on their social media saying that that's basically going to cover the cost of their new pitch and a club like that. That's huge. Um, so I think it, for both sides, it's a really good draw. They've got a a big, a large club away day they're going to get provided obviously the club don't go and say look we'll give you more money because give you a higher cut because of um it's just like the right thing to do sometimes and it was small clubs like we did with Bracknell last year um they're going to get 45 percent of the revenue 
from the from the, the ticket sales. You know, they're never going so they're actually going to get effectively the, the sales of twelve and a half thousand tickets, and they'll never get they will never go home. Um, you know, yeah, I think it's a really good draw. It's a, a chance to progress, and potentially we'll come up against a big six side in the next round, or we and we get our big away day, or we get to host one of the large clubs at Portman Road. But as Bloomer says, that's next year's problem anyway. And that's next year's ambition in the next couple of years. Won't be long. We'll be sat on ease with the novelty of playing Man United at Old Trafford and worn off again because we'll have done it so many times in so many years. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, I like these draws. It's the magic of the cup, isn't it? You, you get in the FA Cup to play um, teams like this. So we had a fantastic evening out last season at Bottom Meadow to watch yes. Bracknell, a, a, a ground that I will never go to again, that this club will probably never go to again. But that, for those who were there, will know what a fantastic night that was, the magic of that cup, the biggest game that they'd ever played in. Um, the food was fantastic. Just throwing that back, which is what a fantastic. I mean, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was at that Bracknell game. It was, it was like such a forgotten little part of that season that we drew... Bracknell and Buxton in consecutive rounds and like the Bracknell game in particular was just you know a throwback because we're not normally in that position over the last few years of of being the giants to be there to be shot at and 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 it was great and I remember also growing up um in like the, I think the early 2000s we playing like Morecambe in the uh, in the FA Cup and Dagenham and Redbridge um and you know it's 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 great because it's just a grassroots football experience that you don't often get when you're going to Reading and Stoke and other soulless identikit bowls on the outskirts of cities. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, bring on. Um, obviously, uh, we won't be playing Rotherham now instead. Um, obviously, that was the 27th of Jan. So uh, yeah, I'm sure hopefully it's a good crowd. I do hope, you know, people come and watch. I know it's only Maystone um, United, but hopefully it's a decent crowd. I think the boxing game, I think it was still a decent crowd for the boxing game as well. So, yeah, but we shall see. Uh, let's move on then, boys. If I cup draw done and dusted, let's talk about Nathan Broadhead because um, it's been one year since he signed for the club. Uh, a Welshman, fellow Welshman, of course, K-Dog. Um, let's talk about him because he signed January last summer. Last summer? <laughs> that is not a thing. He signed last January. Um, of course, part of that Fantastic window where he brought in George Hurst, Harry Clark, Massimo Luongo, of course, was ready with us, but he officially signed then. And he's been unbelievable, hasn't he? Um, yeah, your, your, your favourite memories of him since he's so far. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, the Welshman here is going to be a lot more complimentary of him than I am. So, Ross, uh, you pick if you want to have the, the positive first or the negative first. And then also, I want people to say negative. I'm not going to be, I think negative. I'm going to be a little bit more. I, don't I think know. he's not. The last few months, I think he has been a bit of a frustrated figure to watch. I think. You, I think the Norwich choose, game, especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. Really first, um, and then I'm interested to see if anyone wants to comment in if they're listening yes. as well. So go on, you pick first, Ross. Who do you want? Well, I just speak Bloomers. Take it away. Take it away. Come on. Okay. All right. Um, first of all, I don't think his impact last season can be understated because being part of the January uh, squad of recruits that came in, and you know to all intents and purposes, changed our season around. And his free kick against Sheffield Wednesday was very, very, very at the start of that incredible run that we went on. Um, that obviously brought that game back to 2-2 and then we sort of never looked back, really. And I just think, 
again, great player, like been a really good recruit. I, I nothing bad saying him off the field. He got his gold for Wales on his debut as part of this whole year. You know, uh, it, it's been great and and delighted that we've got him. I just think in these last couple of months, I don't know what's happened, but he's not operating on the same level that he used that he was before. Now, I don't think it's as simple as just saying, oh, well, he stepped up from the League One to the Championship. You know, that happens because for most of our squad, that's not been an issue whatsoever. Like, I, you know, with Freddie the Dapo aside, I can't think of too many players off the top of my head that have really, you've really seen that, like, jump up in quality. I just, maybe it's just a confidence thing. He, he, he just seems to have an uncanny knack of getting into a good position and then if there's a decision of two things to do, just always choosing the wrong decision. Like, you kind of, Omari Hutchinson's a bit guilty of it as well sometimes, but then obviously he's 19. He's not the finished product. If he was, he wouldn't be playing for us. He'd be playing for Chelsea. Like, you understand that. Obviously, Broadhead, okay, he's not a Premier, you know, the top six Premier League footballer yet. You know, he's like, but I just think something has gone a bit awry. And, and you know, obviously the Norwich game, he showed fantastic grit to get a goal because, you know, so many people would have caved after the two, three chances he missed and would have just ghosted the rest of it. But, you know, he, he plugged on and got his re- reward, which is the least that he was uh, due for the, the, the chances that he had. But yeah, I just, I don't know. If I was him, I'd be really worried, be looking over my shoulder that he's not going to be a regular starter anymore. Um, I, I, we know that there'll be signings coming in for various positions. And a lot of forward players nowadays, you know, obviously can operate across the spectrum. They can play up front if needed. They can play on the wings. Like it's it's doable for them. And I just think he needs to get back to what was making him so great in League One. It's almost like in League One, he, he didn't give himself time to think. He just had the knack of doing the right thing at the right time. And because and he didn't have time to think, he was able to operate on a higher level. I just think he needs to get back to that. McKenna's barely put a foot wrong in man, uh, player management, man management, in getting the best out of his players. So I have no doubt that he would you know, given time to turn this round. But yeah, I'm, I can't say that I'm delighted with him at the moment because I'm not. And maybe I'm being a bit too unfair and we're going to hear a rosier side from, from Kieran. But that's just my own personal opinion. Matt, sorry, bring up that comment again, Ross. I'll just read it out. Matt Worrell says, last couple of games aside, he's a tie player who drags us into games. Penelope versus Port Vale last season, free kick against Wednesday. Completely agree. Goal against Cardiff. That was, that was near towards the start of the season, wasn't it? If we're down and out, he usually ain't. I agree with the fact that he's got the tenacity. It's just that yeah, things just don't seem to be falling from the way that they they once did. And, and you know, I, there's only so many games you, you play someone until eventually you change your mind. I don't think we've got to that decision yet. I just think it could be a decision that's made in, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. You know, always good to have different debates, different opinions and stuff. Um, just looking at his stats, 16 goals in 46 games, which is not a bad return, really, with his you know position and stuff. Of course, that should have been more because he's had those those missed chances against Norwich and he's had a few other games where you think, oh, he should have been burying that. Um, even in, against Wimbledon, there was a, he had a massive chance against Wimbledon. I don't know how he didn't score. Uh, K-Dog's um, now, no, it's Bloomers who's got a phone call. He's, and it's probably Nathan Broadhead going, oh, you slept with me, mate. You slept with me. Uh, but K-Dog, thoughts on Nathan Broadhead? Where do I start? Oh, love him. <laughs> he's a boy, isn't he? Um, he's the. He's, when you look at our current couple of players, and you look at what they're who in the squad have got the highest ceiling at the moment. Um, you look at Leif Davis, going to play. Put money on it now. He's going to play for England one day. Um, he's going to be a 
multi, a tens of millions of pounds transfer when we sell him. Broadhead is in that category as well. He is one of the squad. He's one of the players in the squad that's got one of the highest ceilings in terms of the level he can go to. Um, and he said he's a fantastic player, and he, the impact he made last season, the goals he scored, he almost got. He, he was almost a double double man, and only playing half a season. Um, they say the goal against Sheffield, the free kick against Sheffield Wednesday, um, against Port Vale, with ice in his veins in front of the North Stand with where we really needed to win to keep the gap. And then the start of this season, where he did, as you said, dragged us into games. That, as Matt, as Matt Warrell said, the goal against Cardiff, he just took the game. He, got, he said in the interview afterwards, he was frustrated He was with the way the game was going, and he just took the game by a neck, scored a worldie, and changed the game. He's played. He's been fantastic for Wales. Um, as a scoring against Croatia on his debut to rescue a point, which ultimately say, which looked back saved Wales' qualifying campaign. Uh, he became an over instant sensation, an instant hero in Wales amongst his his fat against the Wales fans. Um, but you can't ignore the fact that, for as you say, for whatever reason, he's not been himself in the last couple of months. And you notice it at club level, and you notice it at country level. He's not the player that he was when he's at the end of last season, start of this season. And a couple of misses against Norwich. I turned to my, my dad and I said, in September, he buries those. And maybe it's form, it's confidence, it could be other things. Um, he's one of those, it's a strange thing, isn't it? Confidence, you say we need a goal, but then he gets a goal, it doesn't seem to help. <laughs> it's like, he goes, he, yeah, it's not like he's gonna, he scored, because he got his goal against Norwich. You know, he kept, Go in and he, he got his goal, and you think, uh, uh, I'd be pissed if I did too drunk to carry on if I did that. Oh, Gomez is gone. Who's um, gone? He's gone. No, but he's, um, he, he's a he's got potential and he's just finding it again. And I, I don't really know. Well, where do you go with it? And I don't think he's in a position where he's at risk of losing his spot in the squad because I, I think we're going to come on to this in a bit that he might move around in the squad, but I don't think we're going to sign any more players in his position. We've got left wingers galore, wingers galore now, although he doesn't tend to play as a winger, does he? He's very, very central. Um, he, he tends to stay inside. I, I, I don't know. He is frustrating to watch at the moment. Um, because you think you know that he's better than the way he's showing. Uh, it's not like he's not good enough. You, he clearly, because he's the most frustrating thing, especially is he's getting himself into um, the positions. He's doing the hard work. Uh, one of the misses against Norwich, he he beat the players. He, he got himself. He, 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 he just he beat about three players, gave himself the half a yard of space he shot, and then just put it wide. And you think, uh, you know, that's what's frustrating about him. Um, but I think yeah, um, quickly want to bring up a, a comment here from Chris here. Um, you know, this is Broadhead's longest runner playing first team football in his career. A dip is always, you know, it's always going to be eventable, but he's class and that is permanent. And I think that's a good thing because he hasn't really had an opportunity to play week in, week out, first in football, because he was out, you know, on loan at Sunderland, at Wigan, but he had got a few injuries. And that was also when we signed him with I, that injury concerns. Yeah. yeah, well, I do wonder if that's possibly something that plays on his mind a little bit as well. That he does, that, that he's, he's not so much doesn't try to get the words out. Sorry, he's got the confidence in his ability, but he hasn't got the conf, necessarily got the confidence in his body. 
So perhaps there's that plays in his mind, especially when there was a time where the, the squad was dropping like flies a little bit in terms of injury and illness. That, um, yeah, I think he's got more to show, and I and I got to feel. I think he's still going to be one of our best players this season. He's going to find his form, and he's going to fire us into promotion. I, I think he's he's got it in him, and he's yeah. got it in to to drag us up when we're down. He's just same as he just needs to find it again. I just think, where you find, yeah. I don't know. I think Matt Worrell is just putting a, a post, and I, I kind of agree with it as well. If you had a consistent end product of him in the Prem, it's kind of what I said about Amari Hutchinson. I, I, I do perhaps forget he's, you know, young, broadhead. He's what, early 23, 24? Yeah, Someone help me out here. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think he's 24, I think. Let me, yeah. let me double check, ladies and gentlemen, live on record. He's 25, actually. 25. So, yeah, he's still at the relatively early stages of his career. It's just, it's it's a uh, how ruthless do you want to be? Like, yeah, he's well, got loads a, of. Sorry, Blooms, to interrupt. There is a message here from Steve Catchpole, and uh, it's a, that's a big statement. Uh, but there we go. Yeah, no, I, I I have to vehemently disagree with that. He well, is by far and away one of the best players in our squad, and if we go up, he is the caliber of player we're going to want to have around us. Because I think he is—he has the potential to be Premier League quality. I mean, if we go up and sell Broadhead, who are we going to sell into? Top end Championship or a low end Premier League club? Which is what we would be at that point. I, I don't think—I don't think we're going to get to a point for a very long time where we are too good for him. If he leaves, it's because he's too good for us. Well, if we went I, up, we wouldn't be a top end Championship club. We'd be a lower end Premier League club. So if you're saying no, you'd be—you'd be, be know what I meant. It's—it's—it's. It's, it's, we would sell into a club in a similar position to us. We, it's yeah. not like it's, we wouldn't sell him down. We we'd sell him up. Well, yeah, I, no, he's I, a, I, yeah. I, I don't think. think go on, sorry, go on. I, sorry, I, I don't think he's a. I do not think we're going to leave him behind as we progress. I think he's going to leave us behind as he progresses, if at all. Yeah, similar I, to Leaf Davis. I think Leaf yeah. Davis will outgrow us once we get promoted and he plays regular Premier League football. He will outgrow us. Yeah, I think Broadhead has that ability as well, and that is football. That is just the way it is. I know. We leave players behind as we move on, and but players leave us behind as they move on. I, I think he's got a higher ceiling than most in the squad, and I think that comment saying he's one of those we'll leave behind, I think it's just wrong. I don't, I don't agree with it at all. No, well, I mean, I, I if someone said to me, "Do you think that's what's going to happen?" I, no, I don't think that's going to happen. But if someone said to me, "Is that a scenario you can see happening?" Where, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, look, if we get promoted, it's, it's okay, it's, a, it's a, it's ambition, isn't it? Like. How ambitious do the owners want to be? We none of us have the answer. Like yeah. we don't know. Do we want to be a, a you know Aston Villa, Brentford, who in the last five six years who went up and have you know become complete prem mainstays? And I would imagine, don't quote me on this, but don't have many of their championship team remaining from what they had when they went up. Um, it, it wouldn't. I mean, nothing surprises me in football. I mean, I feel like I've seen almost everything there is to see from us in the depths of League One to where we are now and I still do remember the Prem days even if they're a bit hazy nothing would surprise me I don't yeah I, he's got untapped potential he has definitely got flashes of Premier League quality he was at a Premier League academy so obviously someone somewhere along the line thought he was Premier League quality otherwise he wouldn't have been there in the first place and he's broken into his national side and scored a goal on his debut I'm not saying he's a bad player I'm not saying he's a you know an average player he's a good player he's struggling a bit at the moment is what I would say I believe there's a chance that he could lose at his starting place. And you know how quickly things fall, like can, can fall apart. And again, not saying it's going to happen. And I don't want it to happen. 
But I, I, I can't sit here and say I'd be surprised if, you know, at the end of the season, he's not first choice because I've seen it happen before. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're just pontificating and we all have our own opinions. What makes it great? There's only two people that matter and it's him and it's Kieran McKenna. And yeah. time will tell what happens. And if he goes and scores a brace on Saturday, then Kieran's going to look like the Messiah and I'm going to look like a very naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's good discussion, though, boys. I like that. It's interesting, you know, different point of views and stuff like that. And obviously, we'll get onto Sunderland preview shortly because obviously there's that big talking point of who could play out front and Nathan Broadhead could potentially play there. But we'll get to that shortly. But up next is talking about the player of the year so far. I always like to get this point this season where... You know, talk about different players. A lot of players have been able to step up to the championship and have done well. You know, some people may pick Nathan Broadhead as player of the year. Um, but what is your pick? Who is your pick? K Dog, have you got any contenders? Um well, you get the obvious answer, don't you, Sam Morsey? Because he is just he is always is incredible. He is a solid seven, eight, nine out of ten performance every week. He runs this team and we suffer when he's not in and he is when we're not there, and he has stepped up to the championship big time. But that is the obvious answer. Um, for me, uh, a, a player of the year who's been key to our success is because it's been a very important part of um, how we play. They've seen, I've seen them develop um, beyond what, personally, I thought they would develop to because I thought they were one of the players we would leave behind in League One. Um, but And not only that, they've developed internationally as well and currently aren't with us. It's Cam Burgess. I think he has been outstanding this season on that. We, what, did, what did we say we needed over the summer? It was a left-sided centre-half. I think everybody involved in as a fan in the club said, we on social media, in group chats, on the politics, that we need to buy or sign a left-sided centre-half. And we didn't. Um, McKenna kept the faith in Cam Burgess, and I think Cam Burgess has repaid him tenfold. He has been absolutely outstanding. I don't think he's put many foot, feet wrong this year. I can't. If we went through, and we'd probably find mistakes because centre half make mistakes, and much like goalkeepers, if for, if centre half make mistakes, they cost goals, and we can go that way. He's cost a goal there, there, there. Um, but I think he's been outstanding, and I think he's the way he he has developed himself as more of a ball at his feet uh, player, more so than he was last year, has been fantastic. And I think, yeah, for me, Cam Burgess is my standout current player of the season. Yeah, and all the best to him at the Asian Cup. I think that starts very shortly. It's not the AFCON, which I said on the podcast a few weeks back. I went, oh, he's going to AFCON. Which which uh, which African club is he going to play for? No, he's, he's gone to Australia, obviously, with Asian Cup. Uh, Bloomers, two um, contenders, which is uh, sometimes can be rare in some town seasons in past. Right now, it's probably hard to pick. Who's yours? Uh, sadly, the for anyone who's wanting hot takes, the, the obvious answer is the correct answer. Um and because Kieran didn't say a lot about Sam Morsey, I can sort of uh, extend on that a bit. Look, he, he if someone said, put a gun to your end and said, look, if you, if you're going to lose one, if you don't want to lose one player in that squad, who do you not want to lose? And I think 99 people would say Sam Morsey. And I, I think it's as simple as that. He, he's captain. And look, that sometimes can be sort of, you know, name only captain in name only, or it doesn't really affect a, a team. I, I think Morsey's a bit more old school in that maybe since the days of probably, I don't know, Jim Magilton, maybe, um, that you've got a captain who who really just lives up to that moniker. The shout out to Carl Edwards as well, actually, because he was a fantastic I think, I think, well, I was thinking Magilton was bef- 
captain after Jason DeVos, which is why I said him. But if I'm wrong, then yeah, no, Jason DeVos is the Jim Jordan only had once. He was, he was one season as captain, Jim Jordan, uh, after Matt Holland. And then Jason DeVos came in. Um, then, yeah. Well, Ross has absolutely scored me on on uh, mid two thousands. It's just how knowledge. So uh, I'm going to. Only recent. I did a Jason DeVos piece recently. I did a feature when it was his birthday, and uh, that's the only reason why I remember that fact right now. But if you if you ask me in a few months, I'll probably forget it. But <laughs> carry on, my friend. No, uh, yeah, like it, he he's just he, he sets the engine for the entire team, and you know his work on the field is second to none and it's not flashy but it's just so effective in this squad you know being able to break up play being able to drive the team for you can see that actually that's a really good good way of looking at it like when we didn't have him for the qpr game the ability to drive the team forward and and get into the forward areas where we can operate our um traps to you know get the uh, left hand side involved and then to get the strikers on the edge of the area or, you know, in the D ready to get the ball sent across. Like he starts all that. And he's done it so many times. And as, as good as, you know, Don Ball and, and Et al have been, it, it's not the same. And losing him for any extended period of time would, would just, would, would kill us at the moment. So well, you've missed the next two games. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait until you hear my prediction for Saturday, Ross. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. We'll get on to that. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, he, he's he's by far and away the, the player of the season. Seems like a top man as well, you know, says all the right things and, and goes above and beyond actually to support causes that he believes in. So I have nothing but respect for him. And, and Vasav, fat, oh no, I've done a Ross. <laughs> well, that's what Nikolai's just put he, as his pick. And he said, sorry, Ross, for um, obviously for the, the reasons. Of what Nik- you just Nikolai, done. Yeah, Nikolai said Vasav, clad key. And I've still done it wrong. He grabbed his opportunity with both hands, brackets, no pun intended. And has been brilliant. And he has. I mean, I remember those first 20 minutes at Sunderland away and my God, he looked nervy. Yeah. And since then, he's grown and grown and grown and grown in stature to become better than uh, Christian Walton for a lot of it. I, I just, I, I saw his distribution, Walton's distribution against Wimbledon from about four rows up uh, in the stand. And it's chalk, not chalk and Jesus is a bit harsh, but like it's so many levels below Plaggy and Walton's still a fantastic keeper, and nothing has changed about his performance. It's just this other guy who was part of a League Two uh, team of the year when we signed Jordan him and yeah. um, was brought into a very, uh, at the time, very um, ambitious Salford side. And we're, we're seeing how good it, we've, we've been blessed with Czech goalkeepers recently over the last few years. And Plaggy's yeah. uh, better than Thomas Holy now, who was also part of a League Two promotion winning side. Uh, with Carlisle last season. So, yeah, fantastic, great for him. And it, it's a hard one to pick, but I do think... Uh, thank you to the people who just commented in and said, uh, agree with Bloomers, because that doesn't often happen. But, yeah, Sam Morsey is... And also, Kira did say Morsey first, so we're both right. Yeah. 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 I, did, I just say it was the obvious answer, and I just thought I'd do something a bit different, because, I say, as you say, if you ask 99 pe- 100 people, who is your player of the season so far? 99 say Morsey. Um, and it mean, and I, I probably with, and as you say, with very good reason, at the heartbeat of this side, um, a true leader of men in this team. But uh, there are players, and I think it, it was a personal thing for me it's because it's somebody who impressed me I wasn't necessarily expecting to. And Blue is his return with a cat. It's not just a random one. <laughs> <laughs> come, out, come off the street. Yeah, come on, mate. Come and join me. Yeah. Yeah, on the podcast. <laughs> 
Come on, <laughs> hang on. We are playing the Black Cats on Saturday, so you can get them. Hey. Yeah, there you go, like that, like that. Mm. Well, um, no, I think that's a big thing about uh, Sam Wood as well. Scored some some big goals recently as well, hasn't he? You yeah. know, with the Watford goal, the, the Leicester goal. Um, but yeah, he's just our captain. I think we all we all love Sam Morsey. And um, there we go. Cloudy year so far. Sam Morsey. I have a feeling he'll probably win it overall, potentially. But we shall yeah. wait and see. Um, well, boys, let's um, segue then onto the strike. K Dog and Bloomers go head to head. Get involved in the comments. Get involved. Let us know how you get on. Um, and let's see who is going to win this week. Um, I'm trying to think who won it last week. I was going to make a leaderboard, and I, I didn't do the leaderboard. Was it Ben? Did Ben win it? Or no, did Alex win it? Let me know if you watched last week and if you remember who won the strike last week. Maybe Alex won it. Maybe Alex won it. Anyway, let's get right into it, boys. We've got five play, uh, questions, plus a tiebreaker if needed. We'll, we'll still play it, obviously. Um, all questions related to what's happened this week. I haven't got a Carl Edwards um, question because I didn't set it up before you know it got announced and stuff. So it's got five questions on Lewis Travis. Chris Caseman, who celebrates his birthday tomorrow. Will Keane, who celebrates his birthday today. A former town player, of course. Tom Lawrence also. And Tommy Miller. And then we've also got a tiebreaker, which we'll get on to shortly. But let's get to question one, which is on Lewis Travis. And let's find out if you know where he was born in Merseyside. Which town in Merseyside? Was it Howard, Prescott or Winston? Oh, amazing. So, um, I think I know this. Ooh. This is what happens when you're a Wikipedia um Addict. Yes. Yeah, that's that's how I got it. That's how I get it. That's how I get a lot of my stats. Sometimes it's not Wikipedia because sometimes not correct sometimes. But um I, I assume this is correct of where he was born. I hope so. But what do you reckon, boys? Where do you reckon he's from? I'm I'm gonna go for Wiston. I, I wrote down Hailwood, so we over is it complete guess? Yeah, it is Winston. So Bloomers is right, and him looking at Wikipedia probably whenever he did for Lewis Travis. Is, well, as soon um, as we signed him. <laughs> yes, straight away. Where's he from? He's from Winston. So 1-0 to Bloomers. Question two is on Chris Caseman, the uh, Northern Irishman who played, I think, 12 games for us in total uh, back in the 2000s. Um, he's now pla- back actually at the club as part of the under-21s loan um, sort of manager thing. But he's also now still playing non-league football in Suffolk. But which team does he play for? Berrytown, Leyston or Stowmarket Town? So there we go. And, uh, he's been scoring a few free kicks for them recently. He scored absolute cracker um, last year. Um, and he's, he's playing regularly for them now. What do you reckon then, boys? I'm for Leaston. Yeah, well, I'm from Barry's and Edmonds, so I think I'd know if he played for Barry, and I don't think he does. So I'm going to... I'll go stay Market Town. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, the correct answer is Leyston. He was at Stowmarket Town last season, but he joined Leyston th- this season. So um, there we go. So 1-1 one, one going into question three. And question three is on Will Keane. Uh, said it's his birthday today. So happy birthday to Will Keane, of course, at Preston. Uh, and now he wore the number 14 shirt in his loan spell, but which squad number did he have in his second spell at town? Was it 37, 42 or 48? Um, obviously... Yeah, I thought he was a decent player when he, when he was with us. And obviously, that was up, not a big talking point, you know. Would he ever re-sign? Obviously, went and signed for Wigan, got them promoted, then got relegated, and he joined Preston this summer. Um, I think he's now... How, how old is he now, Will Keane? I think he's still actually not that old, despite him being around for a while. Let me just double-check. 31. He's just turned 31 today. So, there we go. Um, what do you reckon, boys? What's Liam Ruff. 
31 is 12. Been in. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, go Relax, relax. Fine, mate. Don't worry, mate. No, no, not for me. Uh, what do you reckon? Uh, I had punt at 48. Yeah, I was going to go 48. Do you know? Correct. Correct. Oh, yeah, does the cat know? What, what's the cat's name? No, doesn't know. Sorry. Okay, He's passed. <laughs> what's what's it's, his it's, name? Especially, especially subjects, Niall Quinn. No Quinn, no Quinn. Say so, no question on No Quinn today. We've got uh, we've got a question on Sunderland in a minute. Uh, so oh, potentially, you better know that one then. There we go. Uh, the correct answer is forty-eight. So it's two-two going into question four. Question four is on Tom Lawrence, the Welshman K Dog. Uh, was he born in Wales or was it more like he's got family who's Welsh? If he played for Wales, he's probably not from you. Let's be honest. No, uh, let me quickly check. <laughs> Wrexham. Now he's born in Wrexham. Born in Wrexham. So there we go. Um, that's just like West Liverpool, basically. North Wales is just West Liverpool, isn't it? Uh, it's, no, no, yeah, it, it, it's more like South Chester. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. Um, now, of course, he had a loan spell with Town. Not a bad, actually, loan spell, wasn't it? Uh, how many goals did he score for Town in 36 games? Tom Lawrence. Of course, now plays for Rangers in the Scottish Premiership. Um, obviously, he had data spell. He does, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he signed for him last summer. Last summer, he's, it's his second season with him now. He's, although he's only played 15 games for them in total, he must have had some injury problems. So, or Todd Cantwell has just played him out the team, maybe potentially. Ooh, don't, don't name, don't name a, 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 a team from up the road, former player. Uh, but how many goals do you reckon, boys, in 36 games? Closest gets a point, and if you oh, get a bang on, boys, points for eight. Eight, so I've also written. I, I, uh, I'd also written down eight, so just to be different, I'm going to go for 11. K-Dog has got a bang on. It's 11. <laughs> you get two points, my friend. You get two points. So it's 4-2 going to question five. Um, and yeah, there's no there's no opportunity for Bloomers to get double the points because it is a basically... Uh, general, you know, it's just free, free options basically. And he's on Tommy Miller, um, who, of course, played for both Sunderland and Itchwich and also celebrated his birthday on Monday. He's now 45, Tommy Miller, and he made his town debut in the UEFA Cup against who? Was it Domino, uh, Dynamo Moscow, Torpedo Moscow, or Locomotive Moscow? Came off I the know. bench. You do, you do, that's good. Yeah, this is a way, <laughs> also, the way in Moscow. Um, there's so many teams in Moscow, isn't there? I think there's like I think when I was looking through different Moscow teams, I think it's like 10 different like teams in Moscow. It's mad. It's a big, it's a big city. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's that's just so many. So many. See, so many I, I don't remember this far back. So this is going to be a... Um, this is just before I, I've, I've discovered town, so it's going to be a bit of a, a punt for me. I'm going to go for Locomotive Moscow. I don't know why something's speaking to me about it. I'm fairly sure it's Torpedo Moscow. It is Tom Peter Moscow won that game 2 1, and not many teams win in Moscow, and, um, and it's which did uh, back then, uh, which is good. Yeah, Tommy Miller came off the bench for Jamie Clapham, I think, in the 86th minute to make his first town debut. So Bloomers does get the point, but overall, K Dog has won, but we do have a tiebreaker. Um, are you going to gamble, my friend? Absolutely not, because I lost 4 0 last time I played this. <laughs> Can you, for the sake of the podcast? <laughs> Yeah, to, to be fair, I've ruined it, haven't I? Kind of, <laughs> yeah, this kind of work only works if you gamble. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gamble then. There we go. We're going to gamble. <laughs> and, um, Sorry, I, I lost 4 0 that time I was on you. I was like, absolutely not. No, well, a good effort, my friend. You got the bang on Tom Lawrence question. So if we're playing. Well, that's um, only and that's only because Blue was answered first because I had eight written down and he said eight. So I thought I'd give a different number just to be different. And I liked it. I liked it. Um, now, I have a feeling though, Blue um, depends. I'm, I'm going to give you a time limit on this one. But Bloomers may get it bang on, but I don't know. He, he yeah, we'll see. Um, it is Antonio Mowbray the question? Obviously, he's now the new Birmingham City man- manager. Uh, how many teams has Tony Mowbray managed? Oh, right, okay. And now this doesn't include the Itchwich spell, um, because he had a caretaker spell with Town. Um, of course, when George Bardi um, left, and of course Joe Raw came. Is this, in. Is this in, so? This doesn't include Ipswich. Doesn't it doesn't include Ipswich. Doesn't and does Birmingham. it include Birmingham? Yeah, of course, because you know he's oh. now Birmingham manager. Um, so there we go. So yeah, you have got to get a bang on. Obviously, maybe I should have switched this with the Tom Lawrence question, but um, we'll find out. This is not this is not rigged, by the way, Kieran. I just I didn't okay. I just didn't think at the time. Yeah, <laughs> All right. but you never well, know. Oh shit! Oh god! Uh, uh, oh god! Okay, I, okay. I think I've got it wrong now because I think I've just sucked myself out. But all right, all right. Yeah, what, what what do you reckon then? Am I going first? Okay, uh, I think it's eight clubs, and I'll try and name them. Okay, okay, let, let's name. Uh, what do you reckon, Kado? How many do you reckon? How many? How, how many did you have in your head? Six. six. Sorry, six. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know. I just think six sounds about right for his length of his career. I had. I, I, think, I, was... I think I had seven, and then just realised I hadn't included Birmingham. So, okay. I mean, and then right. I added one. All right. Name, name, name the teams. Okay, so West Brom. Yep. I don't think this is in order. I'm sure there was a Scottish club that wasn't Celtic uh, and Celtic, but I can't remember what the Scottish club was. Anyways, so them and then um, Coventry, Middlesbrough. Again, this is not in order. Um, Sunderland. I want to say middle. Did I say Middlesbrough already? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is man. This is maybe not the team. I can't remember that. And then Birmingham. There we go. That's that's why I can't remember. Oh, Blackburn. Blackburn. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah, eight. Um, it is eight. But I now need the other Scottish club for you to clinch it. Oh, because um, yeah, Hibs. It is Hibs. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't gamble. <laughs> I don't know if that was fair or not, that question, because I don't know. It's more than <laughs> the dark. But as he has got Hibs on that, then fair play. Um, so sorry, Kato. I would ne- I would never have named I wouldn't have named four of them, let alone all eight of them. Fair play. I just uh, this is why I don't gamble. I never won anything in my life. I won and then I lost again. <laughs> overall overall you won it like as a whole. Fair play. I would have uh, that's um, yeah. yeah, fair play. I that's, that's spectacular. Yeah, but Bloomer's got it on the tiebreaker, my friends. Yeah, uh, you can you can you can shut Google down now, uh, Tom. <laughs> yeah, let me just tell you. I like it. Uh, well, there's a summer strike in the bag. Let us know how you got on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's now segue on to the big clash at Port Monroe. Sunderland live on Sky. What? How do you reckon it's going to go? Sunderland, of course, got a new manager. He's now been in charge just under a month. Michael Bill. Uh, not Ian Bill. I keep like typing in Ian Bill for some reason. I'm doing basically Alex Jones. That's what he does every time he has to do Bill. I'm, I'm doing the same now. I'm putting Ian or something on. Uh, they're currently sixth in the league. Of course, we got a very 
good win, didn't we, to start the championship season with a 2-1 win at the Stadium of Light. Um, Bloomers, you were saying when we were talking about Broadhead, you were a bit worried about this one. Uh, of course, no Sam Morsey. He's spending for two games. Of course, Cameron Burgess, is, he missed, of course, the, the Stoke game. But um, he's going to be missing. Leif Davis, potentially going to be missing. We've got a lot of injuries. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I am slightly worried about this one. Um, I know that the Michael Bill reign hasn't exactly gone smoothly so far with their 3-0 home defeat in the first game and then the debacle against Newcastle last Saturday. But I do think that given enough time, they'll be smoothed over. And I do expect them to be around the top six come the end of the season. One thing that you could point to is maybe it's a bad time for them to be playing us with all these issues that they've got going on. But then you look at the cold light, the fact that actually we're struggling ourselves with one win in six games. And and I know the game uh, league games and the win against Wimbledon in the Cup has soothed a lot of it. And we're a bit far removed now from our last league game, but it's not going to be easy. And I just feel that without Sam Morsey, we might struggle in this one. Obviously, no Cameron Burgess for the African. African Cup of Nations, <laughs> Asian Cup. I did it. Yeah, uh, I did it on the game day as well after the Wimbledon game. Um, but yeah, I it, it's a real stand up and you know make yourselves counted game. Really, it's a it's an onions game. Like, have we got the onions? We've we got the minerals here to to get back into winning ways because a win here would be huge. Just for I think for the fan base more than anything. I do feel that people are starting to, even if they should or shouldn't, and that's a conversation for another day, get a bit entitled, in my words, not anyone else's, and start expecting us to win every game. And I think the fact that the longer this winless run goes on, the dissension grows when actually, if we'd have started off sort of middling and had a Southampton-type run to get us to where they are, everyone would be, you know, singing from the high heavens. And it's just funny how those things work. It's almost like you're creating unrealistic expectations for you. So I, well, long and short of it is I'm not predicting a win, sadly. I'll go for 1-1, which is exactly what Sam Johnny has commented. Hart says 2-1, head 1-1. Couldn't have timed that better. Um, again, we score. It seems to be in most games we play. I know we've been struggling four goals in the league this season. Again, perfect timing, Ross, because <laughs> you can't see where the goals are coming from. Look, if you look at our XG, outside of the Stoke and QPR games when we were running on fumes, you know, we, 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 and even then in the QPR game, obviously Fred did that by two one-on-ones, one we got shielded off and the second one where he did everything right, which you can't say every time recently for him, but he did everything right. It hits the underside of the goalkeeper, bounces down, bounces up and goes over the crossbar. Like that's, you know, one of those things. There will be chances in that game. I, I'm very confident in saying that our XG will be around the one goal mark at least. So if we take one of those chances that we get, we'll have scored. And I don't see us being shut out. Unfortunately, with the defensive issues we've been having, I can't say that we're going to be hearing clean sheet either. So 1-1 feels a very safe pick. It's a boring pick, but um, I do think that's what it would be. And that would keep us, no matter what, in second place, which, again, need to keep thinking of that. Just keep ourselves in second and everything's going to be all right. I know there's teams breathing down our neck, but, you know, not every game is going to be a win. There'll be sticky patches. We had all this last season. Last season should teach us there will be sticky patches. It's just game. About this time of year as well, wasn't it? Exactly. I remember that Valentine's night game against Bristol. Right? I didn't actually see it. 
because I was being a responsible person for Valentine's uh, night when you have a, a partner. But yeah, I, uh, I remember feeling gutted afterwards and then look what happened after that. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, 1-1, one, one, let's, let's hear Kieran's thoughts and everyone else's thoughts as well. I think there's um some some people who probably brought their other halves to that Bristol Rovers game because they just thought, oh come on let's let's go to the football and then they saw a goalless draw against Bristol Rovers which is uh, which I, I shall be going to Millwall away on Valentine's night this year and I shall certainly be going on my own. Uh, yes, it's, it's yes. Like, I'm, I'm very uh, you know what I'll take that I've done quite well in getting that myself. Yeah, fair play, fair play, and yeah, K Dog. Um, obviously we won in the FA Cup, but we're still five games without a win in the league. Um, obviously, there are some bit, you know very tough games in there. Leicester and uh, Leeds, obviously, that defeat there. Um, where do you see this one going? Obviously, the big talking point is who will play out front. Uh, do you want to take that on as well in your prediction? Oh, we're going to step up, smash them 7-0 and be on for tea, aren't we? Um, no, God, no. Um, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, it was a tough game, first game up of the season. Um, we did really, really well to get a result then. I think we're going to have a similar game because they're going to be licking their wounds from Saturday. Um, you get humiliated by your local rivals. It, if it doesn't fire you up, there's something wrong. So I think they're going to come back out there, come fight, and they've got a point to prove. A new manager, they they feel like they probably should be doing better than they are, considering they were a playoff side last year. Um, I'm hoping that Lewis... So from what I made to gather in the last week or so. Lewis Travis is, is a very similar type of the same mould as Morsey. He's that kind of get stuck in, take control of the midfield, put the impetus in player that Morsey is. Um, and we're going to be missing him. So I'm hoping that that's what we get. And that gives us a bit of fire and we get for, so we say, where are the goals going to come from? We've, we have struggled to score um, in the last few games. It's, especially with the, the centre-forward crisis. We needed a strike even before Hurst got injured. Um, so, but, you know, I, I, think we've, I think in front of the crowd, um, we've got better on Sky of late than we have been in the last, in previous years. Um, but I think we have the grit in us that I don't think Sunderland do at the moment, necessarily, to grind out a result, because we need a win. I don't, we draw, as Bill pointed out, we draw, we stay in the top two, regardless. I don't think that's enough on Saturday. Not not just not in terms of league position. I think the team needs a win. Confidence wise, the fans need a win. The ground needs to feel a win. But I think the the I think the players at the start of the season when we're in that fantastic run, we had that never say die attitude. We will not go down without a fight. We will not give up. We will get what we want from a game. That come the comeback against Birmingham, just things like that. Just results that. We, by rights, were out of after an hour and then we fight our way back into games. We haven't got that at the moment. So I think um, I think we will. I, and I think just the boost for the players for the that they will get from going out and winning on Saturday is huge and is not to be underestimated. So I think we do need a win. Um, and I think we will. I think we will. I... I a 1-0 or a 2-1, it's going to be a scrape. It's going to be a hard fought. Um, I, I, that back, but then I thought we defended really well and I against um, against Stoke, a different kind of opponent, I guess. But that, 
sort of makeshift back four that we've come up with at the moment with Clark out on the left and Zebi on the right it's looking better with every game. So I think every possibility we could keep a clean sheet and win it 1-0, 2-0. Although Clark is still very touch and go, I think, with, with his Achilles. Obviously, <sighs> yeah, that's, that's a problem, isn't it? Um, as I was just put in the comments, they, yeah, we shouldn't stop panicking. We should stop panicking because Sunderland are there to be taken and we're going to win 4-2. I really don't think that's... Um, and a 4-2 prediction. I don't think they're as there for the taking as we think they are. I say they're going to come back out with a point to prove after getting humiliated by Newcastle. And they say they are they are a good team, ultimately. Um, yeah, I'll so I... I draw, by the way, boys, I'll predict yeah. a draw. I just feel, yeah, yeah, some of them... They're, they're I, I think... Yeah. I, I, is he... A, a draw, it's, it's the kind of game that perhaps it's got a draw, it's got draw written all over it. Um, but I, I think we're going to find a way, we're going to... But something's got to change. Something's got to spark this team back into life, back to being this um, free-flowing, self-believing. We can do, beat, score against anyone. You know, it was one long ago. We, if someone scored three at Portman Row, we say we score four. That was how we were going to win games, and I think we need to get back to that. And I think we will. I think we're going to grind a win out, and it's going to do the team a world of good. Um, then we've got the um, the FA Cup the week after, and then the next league game will be Leicester. Um, I think you're Leicester. Leicester's yeah, Leicester's first, yeah. Leicester's first. So I think, yeah, I think actually with the next league game after this being Leicester, sorry, I got the wrong way around, I think a win is, is important because you go away to Leicester and get a point. That's a good point. Regardless of what else is going on, that's a good point. But then we start to look at holistically and go, well, then it's no, if we draw on Saturday and draw on Leicester, against Leicester on Sunday, it's no league wins in seven, um, which then makes what is really a good point seemed like not as quite as good and that affects confidence and belief. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, we'd have lost in since, since Watford in the league, we'd have drawn, drawn six, lost one. And you think all of a sudden we need to do something different. So yeah, no big win. I think we've got it capable of doing it. And I've sort of waffled on about this for That's long enough now. Um, uh, as who we see at front. Cause our op- our out and out strikers just aren't options at the moment. I- I'm sorry, uh, Jackson. Ultimately, Jackson's not an out and out striker anyway. Well, uh, yeah. he's always been better. He's always been better as a wide player, but yeah. sort of shoehorned yeah. into playing up front because there's no one else to do it. Um, Ladapo, this is clearly a level above him. Um, I-, I maintain he's a good championship striker. He is a capable championship striker. And he scored goals in a struggling Rotherham side. Kieran, the only issue with that though is that I think. It's almost like the the Nestor's foam of, of Ladapo. I I feel yeah, that, that's that that's the, that, the only thing I can I I point towards to think maybe hmm, I'm not sure about it. But look, yeah, um, he as I say, he's he's playing like a man who's already left mentally. Whether he, he he's the last couple of games, there's no effort. There's no. There's not the same. He's always looked like a player who frustrates fans because he looks lazy because he's got quite a laid back, quite a cool demeanor despite the fact he's running his ass off. But you haven't seen that from him this year in the few games he's played, which has kind of disappointed me because, look, it was he was always one of those likely to leave. If we we're going to bring a striker in, he was the candidate most likely to go. Um, but when Hurst got injured, you would think he would want to show McKenna that actually he can be the number one striker. He can be our, our first choice number nine um, and would put the effort in and work hard and try and, you know, show what he can do. Yeah, so I do think he's capable of scoring goals. Sorry, he's, yeah, he's capable. It's just it goes to see where, where whether it happens or not. I know Ross, we've we've gone over the allotted hour, so I'll quickly wrap, I'll quickly wrap up my own thoughts. Um, I I think that 
is he going to start? Probably, unless we get a real late signing come in. Like, you know, but we've got firepower off the bench. Obviously, Sarmiento's probably going to be on the bench. And, you know, there's there's still enough there for us to to get some added thrust. Or so he's like, where, where's Burns? If he starts or comes on, like, you know, that there's enough there. Davis um, is injured, which sucks. But, like, you know, there's, there's, there's still depth. And that's something we didn't really have for a lot of the time. And, okay, they're not an, an out-and-out striker, but out-and-out strikers you know, aren't the be-all and end-all. It feels the be-all and end-all when Hurst got injured, but, like, if we're going to be showing our mettle, then then we're going to find a way to overcome, even in games where we haven't got that a magical striker that's going to come in, and I'm sure one will. Yeah. Well, the, the other option that is out there, now we've got cover in the in the tens in the left wing, is to put Broadhead up front. A player, he has played there <clears throat> chunks of his career. Um, does he... Offer the same abilities to hold up play and turn it. I don't know because he's more of a get himself past men. But he's, um, I think he's another option. Like, is he, is it going to be worse than what we've got at the moment doing it? I mean, like, if, if Adapo's not up to it or doesn't want to be up to it, then I would rather someone you know, wants to start game. I think Broadhead finished the game up front if I can. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. I, um, that's what I'd like to see. I think why not? Maybe you start Harness on the left, or maybe you start Samiento on the left in his place. I think probably you would in that situation you'd start Harness. But then you've got so then this is how I would see it. You've got your starting front four of Broadhead, Burns, Chaplin, Harness. Off the bench, then you've got Jackson, Ladapa potentially, maybe not. Jackson to come on, um, Sarmiento, Hutchinson, and potentially in that front line, Jack Taylor. Now we've got the additional centre midfielder. He's and let's say Travis starts alongside uh, Luongo. You you can it releases Jack Taylor to be a can again, which is well, which is better position for Peterborough more than a, the centre midfield Robert Raskin into play. And it's a hell of a, a heck sorry, a heck of a a front four and a well, heck yeah. of a bench for a front four as well. That's so it, yeah, I, I think I think Broyan up front um, a lot of new possibilities. And I think he's we're at the point where although it's only been a couple of games since he's got injured, the, the the two we've got until we sign someone just aren't at the level we need them to be. So why not try something different from a player we know has the potential to be good enough. Yeah, all of a sudden, like it, those two new signings, like make that 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 bench seem so much more rosy when there's injuries. And I think it was it Bits who just said on the YouTube comment there that um, you know everyone loves it when uh, a player scores against a former club or a former player plays against you. Obviously, Broadhead uh, has the connection there, doesn't he? So, yeah, yeah um, you know what better way for me to eat crow than by him to to play up front and score two goals in yeah. a winning game and, and prove that I've just said absolute rubbish. Uh, Blue was called it earlier, Broadhead Brace. Well, I kind of said it in jest, Sam, on the comment <laughs> there, that that is probably what's going to happen because I've just gone and tried to defend a position where I've been a bit more critical of Nathan Broadhead. So please, please, it happens so often, prove me wrong um, and we can all laugh at me in the in the game day. Although, so sadly, I'm not going to be there. I'm working. It's We can do this on any other business. I'll be working. And there's a reason why I'm not going to be there. But, um, yes, uh, let, let's go on to that now and wrap this yes, up. Yes, we'll do that. Um, and Bits, by the way, is Mike. Good old Mike. Turbot. 
um, obviously uh, does game day and stuff like that. Um, so good to see you, Mike. Good to, uh, good to well, you can see us. We, I can't see you, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, we're going to wrap up now as we have gone over the hour mark. Um, but final bit of business, um, Bloomers, um, you're doing something really massive very soon. And that is a London marathon, my friend. You're preparing for that. You're raising some very good money for a great charity. I'll let you sort of plug it and um, let everyone know where they can donate and stuff like that. Yeah, you'll probably be hearing this a, a few more times between now and the end of April. But yes, as Ross says, uh, I'm running the London Marathon at the end of April. Um, for those of you who don't know, about 18 months ago, I uh, did my ACL, MCL and dented my patella playing uh, football. Um, and in that 18 months, it's been pretty crap. And I've put on a considerable bit of weight, as you probably would expect. So in order to kick myself into gear, I've decided to stupidly run the London Marathon. And uh, the Ipswich connection of this is I'm running uh, to try and raise money for the Derby Rimmer MND Foundation, which those of you listening to this probably have heard of it. If you haven't, just very quickly, um, it's done by uh, Stephen Derby, a former Liverpool footballer who sadly um, has motor neuron disease. And we know uh, all too sadly about uh, our former player, Marcus Stewart, uh, also suffering from disease, um, but doing fantastically well uh, to raise awareness of it and doing his own battle superbly. And there's uh, Rob Burrow, another example of a, of a sportsman, unfortunately, having um, or going through the same thing at a, a different stage of it. So it's a really good charity. Um, I've got a Just Giving page, which uh, I'm sure Ross can help me with getting the word out for. But just quickly, it's justgiving.com slash Tom hyphen Bloomfield hyphen Marathon. And uh, that will take you straight to my page. If you've got any spare pennies, that would be fantastic. Um, I will be uh, at a game in March, to be confirmed, uh, outside the North Stand uh, collecting pennies as well. If I only see you then, uh, and I'll be putting lots of stuff on my own social media, including the at TJ underscore Bloomfield that's there. There you go. Thank you so much, Ross. He's just put the link there. So, yeah. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more information all about it all, it's all there. Uh, I'm currently going through hell, but losing a bit of weight while I'm doing it. Uh, and it's all for a fantastic cause. And maybe I'll be wearing a town shirt uh, during the marathon. That's certainly the idea anyways. I, I need to sell that out. Thank you for the nice comments there, guys. Obviously, Mike, who just commented before, has done his own fundraising efforts for the same charity uh, and raised a hell of a lot of money doing it. And yeah, I believe our own game day uh, colleague, Peachy, also raise money for the charity by donating the frame shirt that he found. And yeah, it's a charity close to it. She's town's heart and, and all of us as well. So yes, very, uh, very ramblematic there, but I hope you got the gist yeah. of it. I like it. I like it, Bloomers. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue to plug it throughout the next few months until you do run that crazy London marathon. But yeah, going to be, of course, uh, as that's what Mike said, he said, you're a crazy man. You're a crazy man, but um, good effort, my friend. Uh, K-Dog, any other business from you as we wrap up another Kings of Anglia fan social? Yeah, um, just want to confirm that you will never catch me running a marathon. Um, fair play to you, Bloomers. What an incredible effort um, for a great cause. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to plug uh, ITFC Southwest while I'm on. Um, so for those of you who don't know, the club as a club as a whole has got a lot of regional um, supporters groups. Um, this uh, Southwest group is one of the largest, if not the largest, regional support group supporters group in the the club's affiliated to. Um, we've got something in a WhatsApp group with currently over 250 members who are based in the southwest of England and South and West Wales um, from areas such as Chel Cheltenham, Gl uh, Gloucester, Oxford, 
Swindon, Bristol, Cardiff, myself, uh, West Wales, Pembroke, all the way down to season ticket holders who travel every week from Penzant, uh, from the depths of Cornwall. Um, so this is just a plug. So if you're watching this and you're not part of ITFC Southwest and you want to become part of a community, we've got a, a group chat. We do group meetups. Um, we meet it through games and social events throughout the year. Um, if you can't, my Twitter handle there in the name, um, you contact myself and I'll put you in contact with our great and glorious leader, Mr. John Banger. Um, the ITFC or contact himself themselves through the ITFC Southwest Twitter page, which is at ITFC Southwest. Um, and yeah, if you're in the Southwest, you whether you're an expat from Ipswich who've moved out that way, or whether you are an Ipswich fan from the Southwest who's never be uh, never lived in Ipswich, but like myself who's from the Southwest, uh, we'd love to have you join us and become part of an ever-growing community and the best and largest supporters group in the country. Top man. Up the town, as always. Um, Bloomers, K-Dog, thanks for joining me. And um, now my opportunity to do it, my outro, which uh, normally goes on a bit too much and I normally butcher it. But uh, um, as always, um, check out Manscaped. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery for a new look for 2024 from up here, from down there, as you know what I'm talking about. Um, also, take a listen to the latest Track the Girls Talk podcast. Uh, it's your time when we have signed a new player, uh, re-signing a young forward in Izzy Bright. Um, she goes into the squad, obviously. It's your time women's team. We've got a big game uh, this weekend against Charlton Athletic in the FA Cup. Uh, a championship side. That should be an interesting game at the AJ Arena Felixstowe. Uh, we're back for a flagship show ahead of the Sunderland game. So tune into that um, after this episode and uh, follow us on all our socials, Kings of Anglia. Follow K Dog, follow Bloomers, and of course, follow Bloomers' journey as he prepares for the London Marathon. Um, thanks always for tuning in to another live Kings of Anglia fan social. If you're listening um, a different day, hope you've enjoyed the episode. And we're back next week for another Cowway fan social. Bye for now, ladies and gentlemen, and let's end this stream. Bye for now.